0: Hello everyone! Welcome to the Business Tool Workshop. I am your host Paula Mugisa. I'm the founder and team lead at Tessa Advisory Services. We are continuing with our very exciting series of Tessa interviews. You guys responded so well, so I have decided to take up the mantle to bring you fantastic speakers to speak to you about a myriad of topics that I think that are important to you, our audience. So today. Today's podcast episode is on achieving results in the technology sector in Uganda. And I've brought you a really, really, really special guest. We have Ayeko Ongbodia with us here today. He's a member of the board of Test Advisory Services. Ayeko is the founder and CEO of Zeno, which is a goal-based investment service that helps people plan, save, and invest for their financial goals. He's also the managing principal at Quant East Advisory, which is a form of institutional investment advisory. So they help retirement schemes execute optimal investment strategies he has worked at nssf before as a portfolio manager he was managing an investment portfolio of 1.3 billion dollars he has an msc in applied mathematics from sony brook university he's extremely accomplished and on top of all of these things he's also a chartered financial analyst so i really did want to set the stage of who we're speaking to how important this conversation is and why i brought him here i know you're going to appreciate all of the insights and strategy he has to share. So let's not waste any more time and welcome Ayeko. Good afternoon, Ayeko. How are you today?
1: A very good afternoon, Paula. Uh, you're very kind with the introduction. I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So let's get right into it with a little bit of an easy question. I wanted you to tell our audience a little bit more about Zeno Uganda, what you have so far achieved and what you're currently working on
1: yeah so thank you very much um uh, so zeno uh, like Paula indicated in the introduction helps people plan save and invest for their financial goals so this really started from the idea that everyone works hard uh, get you get out of your come out of your warm bed every day to go out to work, whether it's the formal or informal sector, it doesn't really matter whether you're employed or you run a small business. You still put in quite a bit of work for eight hours or so a day. You earn an income. The reason you earn an income is because you have a financial objective. You have a financial goal. Some of these goals are current, say rent, um, food, shelter, uh, airtime, utilities, Uh, Those are current financial goals that you typically uh, solve using your current income. But we also have future financial goals like retirement. This is a financial goal that's not going to happen today or tomorrow, but you will be on the hook for uh, expenses in retirement. Say uh, you still have to feed when you're in retirement. You still have to pay your utility bills. Then you have things like education, your child's education, child is five years right now. Is going to university maybe 12 12 years from now when they're 18 or 13 years from now when they're 18. How are you going to meet their four-year university education? It might make sense to start planning for that in advance. You have things like emergencies. And so we help you come up with, uh, first of all, give you advice about how to think about uh, planning for those future financial goals and then figuring out what fraction of your current income that you have to set aside to meet those financial goals. So once you set aside that fraction of income, how do you invest those savings? So we give you essentially solutions that help you plan, help you estimate what you need to save, and help you execute investments uh, in a regulated financial markets and give you a dashboard where you can monitor those investments. So that's what Zeno does. To uh, to date, we have just over 5,000 customers And uh, just over 13 billion in assets under management. That's 13 billion Uganda shillings, not US dollars, (laughs) Paula. It's
0: still an amazing (laughs) feat, all the same. It's a huge um, achievement. How how long have you been you guys been in operation? Just to give our audience a sense of when Zeno started.
1: About two and a half years now. Yeah, so that, those are our modest achievements. We've also been appointed the fund managers, investment advisors and fund managers of the Casita Provident Fund. So Casita is a Kampala City Traders Association that has a membership of about 200,000 people. And so we are going to manage their retirement savings. Uh, we've also, so you asked me what we're working on. So that's one of them, We're working on a strategy to onboard Casita members to start saving, planning, saving, and uh, investing for their retirement. By the way, the Zeno services are accessible via our website, which is myzeno.com, M Y X E N O.com, or USSD, that's star 165, star 4, star 4 hash, match and code Zeno. That's on MTN. So we're using our, we're using our knowledge of technology, our experience of investment. Uh, to put together solutions that help people solve future financial goals. Paula.
0: I am so impressed, Ayeko, as you know. I mean, two and a half years really gives a sense of how your achievements are beyond modest. I mean, 5,000 customers and now you're onboarding 200,000 customers. That's really, really amazing. I thought it was important to ask these questions as we talk about achieving success in the technology sector here to first show that it's possible. And I wanted the audience to first know what you've achieved before we get into the details and what you're going to share. Yeah, so it's hard for a lot of Ugandan entrepreneurs in this technology industry to achieve success for multiple reasons, especially in the beginning. And so I wanted to ask about your start, about your start two and a half years ago and how you did things differently in a way that has contributed to all of the success we're talking about early on?
1: Yeah, so uh, that's an interesting question. It's a quite detailed answer, as well that we would have, but I'm going to give it a, a, a try in a, a minute or so. So, it started with the customer, of course. We previously, in my prior life, I used to manage an investment portfolio that was maybe at that time, maybe four and a half trillion Uganda shillings at that time. That's about $1.3 billion investing retirement funds for uh, everyone who's saving in Uganda. But also, then some madness came into my head that go and uh, do a PhD, which uh, I started, but didn't finish, so sorry there. But while doing that, I was advising smaller retirement schemes as well. Uh, People say... An employer has 100 employees and they want to help them save and invest for their retirement. How should they do this? An employer has maybe 50 employees. They want to start saving for retirement. How should they do this? What asset classes should they look at? Um, An employer has maybe 200 employees. They've been saving, but they're not getting anywhere. Can we look at those investments? What have they been investing in? What risks have they taken? What risks shouldn't they have taken? So I used to essentially help uh, smaller uh, companies essentially um, get optimal investment strategies for their staff. So while doing that, I started getting interest for individual staff members who would walk up to me and say, you know what? Okay, you've helped our retirement fund. But I myself has have a personal financial goal. I have some money in the bank. I have maybe 10 million shillings. I would like to invest it. What should I invest in? So initially, of course, we were not really very keen on helping individuals because um, it takes me nearly the same time, effort, and energy advising an individual as it does advising an institution. Yet an institution can pay... Could pay the fees, an individual could not pay the sort of fees that we're looking at. And so we used to turn them down. But what happened, Paula, is um, we would turn one down, another one is referred the next day or the next week. Turn another one down, another one is referred. So we kept getting these. Um, referrals from uh, lots of people, lots of acquaintances, lots of friends and family as well. And so we step back, I, I was sitting in my room and said, okay, I received this email one day and was like, okay, now what we need to do is just to step back and say, okay, what do people actually want? People need professional guidance. People need a way to help them sort of access this professional guidance without paying a lot of fees. So what we decided was, can we actually provide this guidance, automate it, use technology to automate it and deliver it inexpensively for them, but also a way that is scalable across the... To reach the vast majority of the population. And so that's really where we started and those were our thought processes. So you start with what's the problem? The problem is uh, somebody needs investment guidance uh, to help them plan, save and invest. Okay, how often do they need this guidance? Nearly every month if, for people that earn monthly salaries, nearly every month that you earn, you have some money that you're going to spend for your monthly expenses, but you have some, Savings that you put aside; those savings should be put to work. So, frequency is monthly. How are people currently solving this problem? People solving it by buying a piece of land, or saving it in a bank account, or saving it with a nigina. Paul, are you familiar with a nigina?
0: I'm actually not.
1: <laughs> ah, nigina is a small savings group. It's a, like you; these five friends they save this week. Uh, all the savings go to one person. Then the next week, all the savings go to another person and you wait ah, your time.
0: Ah, yeah. I see.
1: So for uh, people below Kampala Road, that's a knee okay. So people were saving. So you could see this latent intent, but the, the way they were saving and investing was, it was very, very crude. So we, so we decided to say, okay, how do we help people plan? Automate the processes. What does what's involved in in planning? One, a person has to clearly articulate their goals. So we set up these processes and put up on our website. So on our website, you go. There's about six goals you can plan for: retirement, child's education, building wealth, a home, emergencies, income. So you pick one of those goals, and then you're prompted to answer questions that replicate the experience that you would have if you walked into our office and said you know what i have some money or i earn some money every every month and i would like to get advice on how to invest it so we essentially automated that entire process so that when you go to the website pick a goal answer the questions at the end of it you get a recommended investment plan so that's how we thought about this we prototyped it run a pilot Uh, sent it out to about 600 people and attached a survey and uh, got responses. Of course, not all 600 were nice enough to respond, but 240 were nice uh, enough to respond of the 600. And uh, 94% of the 240 that responded said, this is something that they would use immediately if it was available. Polar, the rest is history.
0: What an amazing story. What an insightful story as well. I was taking so many notes as you were speaking. I know some of this story, but I still learn so much even hearing from you. But before we move on, just to extract some things for our audience that they can apply no matter what business they have or they're going to start. I like how in the story you're talking about the individuals coming to you over and over and over and being referred to you and your team to advise them on financial investment and planning and all of these things, even if you are serving a different group. I think sometimes what I want our audience to appreciate is even before you are keenly aware of it, or even if you're aware, even if you're clear on how you're going to serve a specific group, demand can come to you. Demand can come to you for skills you are using to achieve results wherever you are. And so I always ask our audience and the entrepreneurs that we're working with to really understand what their thing is, which is a light way of saying, what are your skills, what are your passions, what are your interests, and what results are you achieving where you are? Because there's a huge opportunity to monetize that. Then you take us to the part of the cost of serving. So you made a comparison on the energy, time and all of that that's involved in serving an institutional client rather than an individual one and how you leverage technology, automated processes to serve more and have more impact while still replicating the physical experience that any customer would have by, you know, walking into your office or in a traditional office. So I think that's really, really important. You've already highlighted so many key things and key insights. And one is leveraging technology, which this episode is about. I think that's really, really important. Also, the last thing is how you mentioned a prototype. So like a minimal viable solution that I know that you guys keep on improving that I want to put into my audience's um minds that they need to keep on improving and that they can start with that and they can start with their low hanging fruit like the 600 people you emailed and then the 240 who responded 90 percent of which were customers and then like you said the rest is history so really wanted people to pick up on those strategies to implement in their own ventures so thank you so much Ayeko, for that that was really really great
1: thank you so much as well <laughs>
0: Speaking of uh, our local businesses now, I'm always having a think of, and I love to ask every entrepreneur in this community, um, on this podcast, and in other places where we're having these kinds of conversations, what is missing from local businesses? What is missing from the Ugandan business? What could we do better? What opportunities may we not be taking advantage of or gaps that we're not adequately filling? What do you think we can do better?
1: There are many things I will just answer. Uh, I will just, um, (laughs) you know, each venture has its unique problems, but the certain broad ones that are, I have observed the probably not the, all the most important points, but the, these are the ones that have occurred to me. So uh, starting a business um, for people who want to start a business um, is great. It is rewarding. It's also very difficult. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. If you can earn a living <laughs> <laughs> without starting a business, uh, you're very, very lucky. Because you will not have sleepless nights when you're working for somebody. <laughs> but if you're, if you're running your own business, you will have sleepless nights. That's guaranteed, Paula. You must know this. Yes,
0: but, it's extremely but, hard.
1: Yeah. But um, so you asked for what, what's missing, what are the problems? I think a critical thing that people uh, that want to start a business or want to uh, go into a startup or run a, a passion business, it doesn't really matter is to, um, I, I don't see it occurring enough, is to start with the problem. It's not what you want to do, but what problem is your customer, ideal customer facing? And what solution do you have, that solution that you want to do that solves that problem? I think we don't, we don't have, people don't start with that in mind enough. I think that's a very key thing to start. Start with the problem. What is the problem that the person is facing or your customers are facing or people are generally facing? It can be an observation. It can be a problem that you typically face as well. So that's one, start with the problem. Two is how frequently do these people face this problem? Yeah, because if it's a problem I face once in five years, oh, well, um, you can't really build a business around something a problem people face once in five years or once in one year okay of course people can you can sort of build a business around that as well but how frequently does that problem occur of course there is no recommended frequency but it should uh, uh, but it should recur in sufficient frequency that you still have a business to run you see what I mean right Uh, so that's that's critical how frequently do they face that problem and then I don't see uh, that sequence enough. And then uh, third is um, when they do face this problem, how painful is the problem? Yeah?
0: yeah. Because if
1: they face this problem and it's not that painful, they can live with it. Then maybe uh, it's not worth a investing time, effort, energy, and resources solving that problem. Because if it's not painful, people might not be willing to pay for your solution. Because if it's really, really painful, um, and you have yeah so uh, then so that's that's something to have in mind i'm just listing them i'm not necessarily uh, uh, prescribing anything I, so i don't see that occurring enough that sort of analysis that sort of methodical processing of you start with the, what's the problem how frequently does it occur how painful is it and then fourth is how well does your 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 solution offer. uh, I mean, relieve the customer of that problem. Uh, Is it uh, does it improve things by twice, ten times? Uh, So that that's the sort of process that I don't see occurring enough. But if you if it did occur, you find, first of all, uh, that people um, building much more sustainable businesses around problems that this, uh, people are facing, but also uh, coming up with sufficiently innovative uh, uh, and novel ideas and solutions to solve, resolve these problems. So I don't see that enough. The second thing that I, did, I don't see, so that, the first one is the sequence of uh, analyzing what the problem is. I don't see that enough. The second thing is, what is a company? So if you decide that you need to formulate a company or an enterprise to solve that problem, what is a company? How does it run? How is it funded? How does it grow? Where does does it go to look for resources? Uh, Of course, a a basic understanding of resources, people think uh, you run to the bank, but that's not the only place to get resources. You might need to sell some of a part of the company to get those resources, raise equity capital. So I don't see that enough. I don't, I don't, I don't see that enough um, in some of the businesses that I see, or the, the understanding of that enough, and so people run into trouble one or two years down the road. So those are the narrow answers that I can provide
0: those are all great answers. And I love your track of thought because I think it's leading us into our next question where I wanted to put you to task to actually classify some of these stages on a journey for a local entrepreneur who's trying to set up a technology business and disseminate it. You've already led us onto a track of two. So one being the analysis, the understanding your customer, the understanding of the problem, the gap, how you solve, it, how pressing the problem is, so that kind of analysis. You did also highlight um, when you were talking about your start earlier about. Developing a prototype, sending it to a couple hundred people. So that's also a stage. But I usually like for our audience to extract like a step by step. So, like, it's as easy as possible to implement some of the insights that we share. So, if you were to begin to classify the stages a bit, what kind of broad framework of a journey do you think a tech local entrepreneur should consider? going through if they have to in order to have a higher chance of disseminating whatever technology they develop successfully to the right audience of course <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know, yeah. it's just, there's no one set way but like just a broad framework so like i feel like i have already given us two but i wanted to put you to, to walk yeah away.
1: yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah so let me let, let me let me give it a shot Thank um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether I'll be successful, but let me give it a shot. Yeah, so uh, really um, without um, uh, promising you uh, the holy grail, I think you won't go wrong by starting with the first step of identifying the problem like I already told you. Uh, that's yeah. one, it's, it start with the problem, what is this? And then two, sketch out a solution to that problem however crude it is, yeah? Um, and you should be able to sketch this out. Uh, we're talking technology here. Uh, if, you, if you're solving, if you're thinking about setting up a technology firm and uh, uh, building an application of sorts, s- sketch out a solution. Uh, some people call it um, a pilot. Some people call it a minimum viable product, a, m- a minimum sellable product in some cases, of course. Um, is sketch out a solution to that problem and test it on the person that's experiencing that problem or on the group of people that are experiencing that problem. So that's really important to get that initial reaction, initial feedback, initial response. You need to identify clearly what's the problem and then what's this solution that you you put together to try and solve this problem. It might not necessarily solve the problem itself, but it might give you insights into how to approach solving that problem or, or another contiguous problem in the sense that it, another problem that might, might be related to that particular problem and might be even more interesting to solve. So those are the first two things that I would do. Um, and then three, once you get that feedback, learn from that feedback. Of course, it doesn't mean uh, change direction based on feedback, but absorb it and learn the correct lessons. The lesson should not be lost on you. And of course, um, it, it, that's that's actually sounds easier than it actually is. It's yes. actually quite difficult to learn from it's certain things. Quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it takes a certain mindset, but yeah. also uh, accurate inference. Yeah, because you can give. Uh, two people, the same data, the same feedback, and they have two different interpretations of the same information. So that's also, um, uh, so that's the sort of process. Take that feedback, refine, and go back and do something better. So that's from the idea perspective. What about actually taking it to market? Try and get your first customer as soon as you can. Yeah?
0: Brilliant. don't
1: wait until you buy until you have an office space until right. you have <laughs> no please please get until if you can you get have, your first customer before you have an office fantastic. that you, you're on to something yeah yeah uh, get your first 10 customers try and get 10 customers 10 weird people 10 different and of course those first customers will be weird people yeah those are the yeah. guys that you're we yeah. call them early um, so adopters and they are weird. Early, yeah, I call them weird <laughs> people. <Yes.
0: laughs>
1: yeah. Um those ten early adopters, that's the more charitable uh, uh reference. But um so if you can convince ten people that your solution that you're providing and please Keep record of these people. Why did they come to you? Where did where did they come from? How did they know you? So the sorts of tactics that you're going to use to get the initial 10 are going to be very different from the sorts of tactics you're going to use to get to the uh, next 100. The initial 100, they're they're going to be slightly different and slightly different also to the next 1,000. So um, so just keep iterating. If you can convince 10 people to buy your product or buy your service. You are on to you can convince a hundred if you can get to a hundred, you can get to one thousand if you can get to one thousand, you can get to ten thousand
0: yeah, I agree with you. I love this it 's extremely useful it 's not so far from what we share with our audience. I actually tell them to heavily deploy the low hanging fruit strategy in their first year or few years of operation, and I tell them to make a list of fifty to two hundred friends, colleagues, people they went to school with you know partners, whoever, anyone who they feel fits their target audience, sell to those people early on, start to make revenue even as a funding strategy for the early days to get income to reinvest back into all sorts of things that you'll need to successfully um, operate and disseminate. So I love this. I just want to go back to kind of reclassify Mm -hmm. the stages again for our audience just to make sure that they extract value from this episode. So start with the problem and then map out, and I like the use of map out because we're talking about technology. So try to um, map out the user journey, lay out, you know, the core, I suppose, functionality of your technology, whatever it is that it's offering and the solution that it offers and then test. Test is fantastic and doing that earlier on with a, with a minimal, sellable solution like you talked about because then that's what's going to allow you to get feedback to pivot. Um, what I do want to confirm with you is, isn't this process continuous, like literally forever?
1: Uh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I actually missed that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I actually, yeah. And then repeat, iterate, improve. Repeat, iterate, improve.
0: Repeat, yes. Iterate, improve. Yeah, I wanted you to to confirm that because, again, it's not something that we do. Even in the traditional Ugandan business, we think, you know, we set up, people came, we got customers, and this is it. Literally going to keep on doing the same thing or worse. Yeah, what do you think?
1: Actually, the the thing about, especially because we're talking about technology, the way technology used to be done and sold uh, back in the late 90s early 2000s was somebody would build a software put it in on a disc and sell it somewhere so you can p- pick it off the shelf and uh, install it and uh, it's done and dusted now technology is not sell- done and sold like that anymore you don't go and buy a disc at all uh, do you re- when's the last time you bought a disc no idea
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's not sold like that so it's actually sold as a service, software as a service, in the sense that you build, you, you're you continuously building. People are continuously sending updates for the technology right. that is installed on your phone. Yeah? yeah. So it is continuous. You have to, it's not like you build this thing, then walk away and retire yeah. and
0: stop. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everything else
1: is going to be better and like run you out of the country. Yeah.
0: yeah. And the standard has been set so high because, I mean, free apps as well, you know, the WhatsApps, the Shazams, whatever, Facebook, all of these are doing this... Um, are investing heavily into their applications and technology and they're free. So um, for those of our audience who are going to have apps that are paid or going to have apps that are free with paid services in them, really have to set the bar high up there in terms of what the solution is first, but also you know, usability, you know, functionality, interface, experience of the customer, and so on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You have to continuously keep building.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. I think that's great information from someone who has, like I said earlier, achieved so much success in our local space and is showing us that it really is possible and it's not a dream and people are doing things and serving us and impacted, impacting lives um, and creating jobs and a source of income for themselves. So that's really, really fantastic. And before I let you go, I can't lose out on the opportunity of having you here um, to talk a little bit about finance, which I know Zeno focuses on. So I was wondering what unique and innovative ways our audience can approach financing and investment. I was wondering if you could open our minds to like not so well-known tools that we could use to build wealth.
1: Yeah, that's my forte. I I guess sometimes... (laughs) I struggle to where to start, what angle to approach it from. But um, again, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, The audience will judge whether I've succeeded or not. But yes, like I indicated earlier in the beginning, uh, we all get out of our beds, warm beds. It's usually very warm in the morning to go on on an income. And uh, naturally, because we have uh, uh, financial goals, so financial obligations, uh, to solve. But we also have financial dreams. Uh, going, that dream can be uh, a comfortable retirement, uh, uh, taking a child to an Ivy League school, for example, uh, or being able to solve any financial problem that hits you. Your, uh, your aunt is sick or your dad is sick or your friend needs a bit of a uh, uh, transportation um, you should be able to, to solve that you run into an emergency of sorts you should be you want to be in a position to be able to solve that sort of thing but to do that um, on just current income can be difficult I'm not saying that um, everyone leave their job and go start doing uh, whatever it's really even if you have a job or run a business and or run a business You have current income uh, that finances your current financial obligations, but some of it should also be put towards your future financial obligations. And uh, we uh, we don't have a sufficiently developed investment industry or financial services industry to help people with small amounts of money to save and invest towards their future financial goals. In fact, I think. Only Xenon allows you to set up an investment plan, estimate what you need to save and invest as little starting from 10,000 Uganda shillings and have an investment portfolio. You can do that on your USSD MTN USSD star 165 or you can do it on on our website. But that is one is setting up an investment account is so important. An investment account is not a current account. It's not a, a savings account. It's an investment account. It's an account where you put your money to work. And so I'm also making that distinction that as a person who earns some money, You should have a current account. You should have a savings account. You should have an investment account as well. Uh, The latter hasn't been unlighted. We grow up not knowing that there's something called investment or even an investment account. And so we would want you, I would want you to set up an investment account. Zeno is one of the companies, probably the best one, not the only one. and also when you're setting up an investment account set up an investment account with a licensed institution licensed and regulated by the capital markets authority
0: In very fact, important anyone
1: telling you yeah anyone telling you about investment advising you giving you investment advice They should be licensed and regulated by the Capital Markets Authority because they're dealing with your money. This is your retirement money. This is your child's education money. You can't just trust anyone that walks up to you on the street that they have this deal. So that's really important. But just get into the culture of, first, of course, the culture of earning money. That's important, whether employed or self-employed or both. Um, But two, putting aside some money, that's really, really, really important. But we typically emphasize that put up, put aside that money with the the purpose. I think only Zeno gives you those tools that help you define that purpose and then estimates for you what you need to put away to to reach that specific purpose. But putting aside money that is saving is not sufficient. You need to invest that. Again, you can um, set up an investment account with any of the investment managers in Uganda. There are several of them. You can go to the CMA website. You more than likely find that uh, the best of them is us, Zeno. Thank you.
0: I believe that. I think the best is Zeno. I have an account with Zeno. Um, I think my audience is convinced. I love the idea of setting up an investment account with as little as 10,000 shillings, because I think it's the beginning of developing a mindset and a culture in all of us to begin to invest. And when you see how that 10,000 shillings work, then you're more willing to put 50 and so on and so forth. So how can our audience find out more about Zeno? Uganda. Um, I know you mentioned your website, um, where else can they find out more about Zeno Uganda, what should they do when they get there to begin to engage with um, setting up an investment account, how easy it is, how quick, how quick is it, um, also where can they find you in case they have follow-up questions or they want to follow um, your activities. Where might they do
1: that yeah so the, several places thank you Paula. one so the first one is uh, is our website it has the most information that's myxeno.com myzeno.com or you can just google zeno investment uganda uh, you will find it the second one of course is our office uh, for those people that w- uh, uh, don't worry about covid19 but um, uh, I would encourage everyone to go onto our website or reach us through all our electronic channels. So we have social media assets. We are on uh, Facebook, we are on um, uh, Twitter, and we are on LinkedIn. So uh, as Zeno Uganda, that's X E N O Uganda. So you, we share daily um, investment advice every single day. So please follow us. We will tell you about how to invest for retirement, how to invest for a child's education, um, emergencies, income. We'll tell you all sorts of things. And also things things not to invest in. That's really, really important. What risks not to take and what risks to take. So um, those are key places you can um, uh, find us at. We also have telephone and WhatsApp lines available, but once you connect with us on, on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, we shall be able to connect with you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Ayako. I keep telling you guys, my audience or our audience at Tessa, that you really should trust companies that are sharing with you insights and information every day through their platforms for free whether you purchase their paid offerings or not. We are so grateful for all the work that you're doing, ayeko and the entire Zeno Uganda team. We're really, really looking forward to the much more that you're going to do, and even hearing about how it goes with Casita later on. So I'm definitely going to be bringing you back a lot more um, for our audience to learn from um, as we go along. But thank you so, so, so much for being here.
1: All right. Thank you so much for hosting me. Um, Have an excellent, excellent afternoon.